Hey, welcome to What's On Your Mind, and I'm Peter Snowart, and I give you today Debbie Potts. Debbie was a fitness instructor and coach for most of her life. She also participated in quite some Ironman, and now she's almost turning 50. And suddenly, in 2012, her body said no. She ate well, of course, she did quite some sports, but there was something wrong. And the thing what was wrong was stress, performing all the time. And then she decided on to make her mission to help other people to look at their lives in a holistic way in terms of food, nutrition, sleep, and of course, physical activity like sports. Enjoy, Debbie. Bye-bye. Welcome to What's On Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week, a guest talks about his or her story, and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter. Right. Hi, Debbie. Hi. How are you? I am great. It's Monday and uh, just afternoon here. I'm in North San Diego, but it's not so sunny today. It's our rainy day. So just... And uh, and what what are the temperatures? Because here it's, I wouldn't say cold, but it's still not uh, very warm in Belgium. Mm. Yeah, so it's um, a little chilly for our, it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So what's that? 10 degrees there, doubling out 30, <laughs> something around there. But we moved from Seattle last year because thanks to COVID, we moved from the, a colder climate in Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Washington, to North San Diego to have improved quality of life and warmer weather year round. <laughs> but today isn't a good example. Okay. And is there is there a link between COVID and the fact that you moved? The link is that we could work online and live anywhere in the world. Oh, okay. And before that... Was it more local? I was, why well, I owned a fitness studio. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I closed it six months before COVID started and uh, was just starting to do health and fitness coaching online. So personal training was what I did. And everyone, of course, had to stop that a year ago and do things online. So now we were, we're all virtual. So <laughs> now you can just, quality of life can improve if you are looking to move somewhere else around the world, right? Okay. And don't you miss the, um, the physical contact? I mean, everything oh, is yes, now. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> so there are no plans when the COVID period is over that you're going to uh, open again a new uh, facility? No, I really love, uh, well, I've been in fitness industry for 28 years. So it was, I was ready for change. I was working on changing my focus to be health coaching. And I can do that virtually or in person when I start to get clients locally. But I really, my purpose is to help people avoid the impacts of chronic stress and metabolic chaos. And over the past 10 years, I've been educating myself through different courses to be a health practitioner, functional nutrition practitioner, nutritional therapy practitioner to work on me more of a holistic lifestyle coach. Okay. And I, you know, personal training I've done forever. So I'll still implement that in how I coach people, exercise and nutrition and lifestyle habits. But you, you started with, 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 uh, the physical part. So the, 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 the fitness, I assume. Yes. Yes. And then, and then personal later, training. yeah. And then in 2012, something happened and then you started to see holistic. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, before that, I was always interested in nutrition since I was in college and went down personal training route, but always knew there's more to getting people healthy. And I was 
looking at nutrition and health coaching over the years and running health, you know, sugar detox programs as a personal trainer and a, a coach. But as I was learning all this information with Ben Greenfield, I was superhuman coach program and started to go down different paths as health coach. I was realizing I was experiencing a lot of what I was learning about adrenal fatigue back then. Mm-hmm. Now it's technically HPA axis dysfunction. That's a big word. So adrenal fatigue, adrenal exhaustion is what started to happen with me in 2013. So that just even defined my purpose in life even more to help people avoid going through what happened to me starting back then. So that means that you were dragging yourself through life, that you were surviving as they call it, instead of living because you were so tired? Yeah, well, a little bit of that. I mean, what I say, it's, I wrote a book to share my Mm -hmm. personal story. It's called life is not a race. It is a journey. And I was just writing a blog this morning about how we're addicted to busyness and we are you know, if you're a type A driven, high performing individual, we have a tendency to overdo everything and live and thrive with more is better philosophy. And we don't know how to take a break and sit still and, you know, absorb the benefit of a quick stress and then continue on. Instead, we're just on all the time and you get that stuck in sympathetic dominance, that sympathetic nervous system or in that fight flight phase all the time. We're always running from that lion from the morning we wake up until we hit the pillow at night. So but how did whatever you, you're doing. How did you get into that? I mean, was it that you were uh, addicted to working all the time and serving clients and that you, 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 you're getting that adre- adrenaline, adrenaline rush and then you, you just went on and on and on and on. Suddenly your body says, Debbie, party is over. <laughs> Well, I was owning my own business. So that in itself, if anyone is a small business owner, especially the past year, I feel for you because it is a load of stress all the time. Mm -hmm. And some people can tolerate more stress than others. I can't. (laughs) So I have to always, you know, take care of myself a little bit more and manage my stressors and stress reduction exercises. But I was owning my own fitness studio teaching clients, teaching classes, running programs, doing all the behind the scenes work, marketing, accounting, mm-hmm. you know, managing staff, always all the stuff that goes with owning your own business on top of doing everything day-to-day activities. On top of that, I was training at a high level as a competitive triathlete, endurance athlete. So I, I was doing like 20 hours a week of training for Ironman triathlons. Yep also doing marathons and got into 50k trail running. So my days were quite full. <laughs> I would get up at 3.34 a.m. and I'd get home at nine o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night and go to bed. So I was, I was living life fully, but a little bit too much that I overfilled what I I call the beaker of stress and we okay. only can tolerate so much until it starts to overfill. But Fill. what happened then that that it it was too much? Did you had a burnout or I mean something had to happen to come yes. to, 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 to come to have these kind of insights that this is no longer working for you? Yeah, you start to have these big red flags, right? So what happened in 2013 actually was March eight years ago and I just was coming off uh, my best successful years uh, in my business and as an athlete I was competing winning my age group coming you know top 
second or third or first sometimes in races. And then my strongest, I was lean. I was doing low carb. I was eating real food. I was doing all the right things mm -hmm. as a, an athlete. And I suddenly couldn't do anything. I was so tired. I'd have to have naps in the afternoon. I couldn't sleep at night. I'd be wide awake at two in the morning, a big red flag that something's going on with your hormones, cortisol, melatonin dysregulation, mm -hmm. as well as these, you know, I did eventually did lab testing, found out I had different pathogens, H. pylori and blastohominis and all these weird food sensitivities. Okay. Hormones are in the tank. I mean, just the whole gamut, which we call metabolic chaos. You know, it's not just one thing. It's just this whole domino effect. So mm -hmm. part of that, the biggest obvious sign that something was wrong is that I gained 30 pounds and I was okay. training a lot. So it had nothing to do with my exercise or nutrition. So that's kind of what I feel like it's my purpose and mission to help people now realize, okay, if you're doing all the right things, working on nutrition and exercise, but you're still not getting results, you might want to look at those external sources of chronic stress and mm -hmm. hidden internal sources of stress because mm -hmm. they will break you down and cause burnout, even if you're doing that nutrition part. That's, uh, that's interesting. Now, um, so, so how did you discover what for you was the answer? Okay. How did you, what was there some kind of doctor or coach that uh, pointed to you? Okay. Debbie, you're doing great on the physical part, also on the nutritional part. I mean, how how did you discover that it was really distress because i imagine that you first to uh, come to that kind of conclusion that you try to maybe look at your food change your um your your sporting regime maybe lowering it a little bit or even increasing it a little bit because yeah you're gaining weight so that's an it's very latest like, indication that something is not right especially when you're doing this kind of things yeah, well, part of it, I had no energy to go for a bike ride. And I was a strong cyclist, which was my best strength of triathlon, swim, bike, run, was cycling. And so I knew when I couldn't pedal and I was like on the side of the road crying, that sounds like, what is wrong with me? I knew I had to get help. And so that was kind of the story of why I do what I do now today, because no one was really there to help me and get the help I needed to work on all these different elements that I call the holistic method, that there's really more to just exercise nutrition, as I said, but I did work with a practitioner that was going, this guy, man called Dr. Kalish has a Kalish method program that they do lab testing and look at your hormones and look at the pathogens. So that really helped. I also worked with, Christopher Kelly, who really focused on uh, his business as Nourish Balance Thrive for athletes. And so I was seeing some great people to help me figure out the why and do the lab testing, get supplements to figure it out. But what I found is, you know, not till, you know, last year, I didn't realize I never really slowed my own lifestyle down until COVID hit that we were all forced to hibernate and slow down in life because we we're stuck at home. And then I realized, okay, I, I tried to slow down my life, but I was always used to doing something and being busy and mm -hmm. I'd fill my time up that it's like you feel lazy or pathetic or not successful if you didn't have every hour of your day blocked off and booked with something, right? So that was a big thing. I think, you know, looking at the holistic approach that you have to work on, not just 
lab testing, finding what your imbalances are in detecting these hidden internal stressors, but also you as an individual have to change your lifestyle. You can't out supplement poor lifestyle habits as you can't out exercise a poor diet. It's this holistic approach you got to do yourself. So once then you found out it was stress that was causing that, I mean, you just mentioned it yourself. I mean, you're so yeah. used of maybe I'm going to call it running away from yourself. Because, yeah, mm -hmm. every minute that you had and that you were free, you filled it up with some kind of activity, not to yep. feel anything. Um, yeah. So what did you do first when you found out, okay, it's stress? What did you do? Did you remove um, like half of it from your calendar? How did you do? Because I can imagine <laughs> that was, a. Yeah. I mean, you are. That's the hardest it's, thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like looking in a mirror and facing your own and it's like, okay. It, it, I, I think it's it, for somebody who is yeah, um, sporting so much and had so much activity, I mean, trimming that down, that was, for, I think, mentally a very hard thing to do. Yes, and that's what I thought I was doing, uh, but not enough okay. until this last year. And I thought I was slowing down. Problem is, as a triathlete doing Ironman distance, you're training mm -hmm. a lot. And as a fitness instructor, teaching classes, training clients, as a small business owner, doing all that side of it. So I wasn't, I still continued that lifestyle, even though I couldn't race because I didn't have the energy. I mean, my body composition changed. I lost my muscle. I gained a ton of fat weight. I wasn't able to perform in races anymore. And I haven't since. And so it was just not really a choice. I tried to race again, but I just had so much damage to my body at a cellular level and what I assume is mitochondria damage that I wasn't able to continue on the, the majority of the lifestyle I liked to do or preferred to do, but that was probably all meant to be. Everything happens for a reason. I always believe to make you, force you to slow down and find other things to fill your time up. But what did I do? I wrote two books instead. So I, was, I wasn't exercising 20 hours a week. I Now I filled that time up with writing my book, Life is Not a Race, and the Holistic Method Manual, and just taking certifications. I mean, I just always would add on something instead, instead of, oh, I have this free time. But I just like, oh, that gives me more time to do this. <laughs> find another project, right? And, and did you also, I mean, you call it holistic? With a W, did you also try it more um, things like meditation or mindfulness? Yeah, so I not so much meditation for me, but just working on some yoga, these yeah, breathing exercises, you know, meditative walking, yeah. try to do. So my philosophy is of the holistic method, I call it working on the whole you, so I W-H-O-L-E, the whole person, from the side out that as a coach for so many years, personal training and health and nutrition coaching, it's that lifestyle habits we need to take into account as well to really be healthy. So fit and healthy from the inside and out, it requires these eight elements plus more, mm -hmm. but basically I call it the basic eight or the nutrition and exercise, obvious ones, but also sleep, sleep is yeah. I think even more important than everything because mm -hmm. it impacts all if you're tired stress management, you know, getting stress, but the good kind of stress and cutting out the chronic stress and then movement, you know, getting movement throughout the day. And then the sixth element is digestion, gut health, 
eating properly, how we eat, so essential as well as what's going on with your microbiome. And then number seven is hydration. Mm-hmm. And then my one of my favorites is happiness. You know, laughing, smiling, playing, okay. being silly, gratitude. Those are essential, and that actually helps with the stress part, right? So you, oxytocin, hormone, that hugging people that we forget mm-hmm. <laughs> how beneficial that is will help lower that cortisol. So all these elements together, I think, are essential to address if you really want to be healthy from the inside out. I mean, that's an interesting one. The last one, I mean, I see a lot of uh, high-performance athletes. I have uh, a couple of friends who are also um, um, Ironmans. And what I noticed, they they combine it with the day, day job. So they work, yeah, they train hard, they work hard. Mm-hmm. They combine it also yep. with the family. Yeah. And, I mean, they also work on their, on their mindset. And the things that you just now mentioned, uh, laughter, things like that, It's I, sometimes I feel... There is no room for that because they have to perform and they are very result-oriented, result which of course is needed. Um, yeah. But then when they've reached that, I sometimes have the feeling that they've reached that, but they are not happy. They succeeded that, but they're like somewhere in the middle. Maybe they realize that it's fine having these ambitions, but you also have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to be happy and enjoy the process, enjoy the journey, or why are you doing it? I often have written articles and I did a podcast years ago about what's your why? Why are you racing? You know, why do people train for an Mm -hmm. Ironman or whatever events? Like, what's your purpose? Because Mm -hmm. if you are you running from something and you're trying to fill that void up to not deal with what's going on in your life Mm -hmm. or are you doing it because you love that feeling when you cross the finish line and you thrive when you hear your name, you are an iron man and you know, all that that goes with it. And then people bragging and wearing their medals and t-shirts and getting tattoos. And it's like, what's your why? And that's what I think is important for people to go, Hmm, I don't know. You know, maybe I need to think about why am I doing this in the first place? Is it bringing you joy? Or (laughs) just need something to brag about? Yeah. Or is it something to compensate some kind of, guilt or fear or shame or maybe something you've missed from your parents maybe that you want to prove to them <laughs> what was your why uh, why you did uh, all the sporting and uh, the armen myself i, I mm. think it was i was never really good at anything sport wise mm. until i found i did a, a triathlon i could do well and i loved that feeling of being successful about it and doing decent um you know i Maybe because I was, I'm taller, so I never had, you know, I was always taller in high school growing up, so I didn't have a lot of any really boyfriends. Mm-hmm. I didn't get asked to prom, and, you know, I was always a tall girl and never really good at any specific sport in high school. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing triathlons, and my, when I was 25, I started doing these shorter dance skin triathlons, and then did Ironman when I was 29 years old, and... And then I started to do well, and I felt like I was special, I think. And everyone would ask me, "What's your? when's your next race? Because I'd always be racing mm-hmm. for, you know, 15 years. I was racing all the time, and that's what I was known as. So it's finally having an identity of yep. who Debbie is. And Debbie, Debbie's the one that the athlete. She's always yep. doing triathlons, and Debbie's that, you know, person that's top in her age group and one of the best in the state of Washington where I live. So, yeah, you know, it is like why and why do we do things is so fascinating is, is can i then con- conclude that um 
And it's something that happened unconsciously. Yeah? I mean, because it's a very similar story that I have. Mm-hmm. Is that you were, yeah, because the fact that nobody saw you, um, that the, 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 the sporting became your identity, which is not really the real Debbie. So, so that became your new identity and your new personality. But, but now you're in a phase that, yeah, Debbie is Debbie and you have to love yourself for who you are. And the sporting is just a facet of your life. But who you really are is more than just that and accepting that. It's more about self-love, actually, if I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so true, right? And I say that all the time, self-care, self-love. This past year with COVID-related stuff and take people really focusing on their mm-hmm. health. It's like if you love yourself enough, you would do this. And I mm-hmm. think that's so true is that when I wasn't able to race and I kept trying to race again and my body was like, no, I can't do that. You broke me down. I Mm. burned out. I can't do it anymore. And so I think after 2015 till now, you know, people would always ask me, when's your next race? That started to go, when's your next trip? (laughs) Because I started traveling instead to go to Europe every other year, which is cheaper than doing Ironmans (laughs) (laughs) to travel Europe. And so that was my new thing. It's like, where, where are you traveling to next? And so that's your new identity mm. you get, I got instead. And what's your identity right now? <laughs> well, it's more about quality of life is I think I moved, you know, as I said, last June, we just said, hey, we both now can work online. We can live anywhere. Let's wear, live where we always wanted to in somewhere, a nicer climate and near the beach and have sunshine. <laughs> so now it's, you know, the quality of life move and finding that happiness and joy every day and being in your happy place. And uh, what what does your ego think about the fact that you are not busy all the time and not running or sporting or whatever, doing things? Because there, there is a still a part of an ego that says, Debbie, just run. <laughs> Put on your shoes and run, swim, go. <laughs> Well, I still do train, you know, I train at the swimming a few days a week and I, I bike and I run and, you know, now it's different. You know, I go for a bike ride and we'll go a longer ride on Saturdays and stop for coffee. And I okay. joked about this picture I posted the other day. I would never stop before for coffee and enjoy, you know, all these cyclists were at this coffee shop too. It's like, oh, this is how you enjoy cycling and not have that competitive, like you're saying, those other athletes, how we are just focused on the numbers and you don't want to mess up your bike ride and your heart rate and your pace and your time by taking a pause and just having a little coffee shop break. And now it's switched. So now I'll go run and I'm okay. It's taken me five years to get okay with this, but I can't run nonstop without fatigue. My body just, I, I think again, mitochondria. So I'm okay with running and walking, enjoying the journey. So I've had to yeah. rewire my brain for many years no. on that, like get rid of that race mentality. Now no. just like, I'm happy to be outside and being in the outdoors. I can imagine you are much happier right now. I'm and feeling much lighter because you enjoy the journey because there is no destination to reach. Yeah. And what I keep saying now is what I'm doing now, I'm preparing for my future self and always Mm -hmm. working ahead now that I never did that before. It was always working on that year, Mm -hmm. race year, performing your best in your Mm -hmm. race rather than now it's like, okay, I'm doing what I can do now to live my best life. Mm -hmm. My second half of my life as I turn 50, (laughs) somehow this November, 
And it's more like, okay, what can I do now to improve longevity? I want to thrive when I'm 70 years old and traveling all over Europe. I don't want to be broken down. So it's more looking at my future self and recreating how you want to be that I don't think athletes do often when they're focused on the now. Yeah, that's the thing. Eh? I mean, if you are very results oriented, if it's sports or whatever, it's always having that uh, results is a point in the future, which is always not here and now. So it means that you're always focusing on, yeah, not here and now, but on the, on the future, which means that you're actually not enjoying what you're doing right now because you want to get to that target towards yeah that point in the future. Now, how did you discover that your mess, if I can call it like that, became a message for the world? How did I discover it? Yeah. Did, did you just wake up and like, hmm, maybe this is something interesting. I'm going to create some kind of holistic uh, approach for people. I mean, you are, uh, yeah, you are a sporter with a big capital S. I mean, I run, but I dream from uh, doing a triathlon, but uh, I still have, um, how do you say that? I do low carb, but I admit that sometimes, and also intermittent fasting, but I have a, a very love-hate affair with, uh, with the sugar thing. Mm. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's especially in a social uh, uh, gathering on, on work or whatever, when somebody is, is a, a birthday or whatever, and they're not going to bring carrots to... to <laughs> <laughs> That's sugar, though. That carrots aren't keto. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, so what you're asking me what I did to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, how did you, sco how did you discover it? Yeah, how did you discover that, that, that this thing was really... Yeah, your purpose, your mission, to, to train, to help other people uh, to open their eyes. Well, I've always loved coaching people. I mm -hmm. mean, I did it in, since college. I ran the fitness center in college, mm -hmm. and just that's always been what brought me joy is organizing mm -hmm. and, and leading. But I, I think what happened, it, you know, when my journey started with my health issues in 2013 was actually where I live now is North San Diego. It happened in Torrey Pines one weekend at a mastermind retreat and I was really sick from drinking wine. And ever since then, it kind of started down this path. And I think I realized over the years when I, I was struggling to get help and I, you know, kept going to different practitioners and doctors and experts to only realize, you know, it wasn't their job there. You know, it was me. I needed to switch my mindset and work on my lifestyle habits, not just taking the supplements, as I said. So then I, you know, kept working on myself as I take different programs mm -hmm. and being coaching and learning and learning and learning. And I realized, you know, I want to have a coach that, so that I'm trying to be the coach that I was looking for. Yep. Someone that's going to kind of hold my hand and just get mm -hmm. me started on that new journey and then set me free. And then I can come back to them if I need a little extra mm. support or course correct, because I think it's hard to, you know, not just get lab tests, correlate that with your intake forms mm. and all that, as I do with people take supplements, but it's that 80 other percent. <laughs> it's the rewiring of yeah. the brain and yeah. figuring out your lifestyle habits. But for me, there was only one, how do you say that uh, parameter which is very important for me so it's it's not I have a little belly um, but that's not the most important part the most important part is my um, energy how high mm. is my energy how high is my fire 
Yeah. And of course, that's based on nutrition. First is sleep, then it's nutrition, and then it's it's sport. And of course, the way I think and the way I feel, etc., etc. Um, so that's uh, that, because a lot of people are focused on the physical part. Of course, they're like, look at me. Uh, Look at my six pack, and there's nothing wrong with that, eh? because I also want that. But yeah. I mean, there is, there are all, eh, you can, there are a lot of activities that you can do, and you can choose like podcasting, of course, eh? and um, so it's a choice and a balance that you have to make. Um, now, I mean, every human being is unique. Where do you start when you have a new client, and he or she is like, okay, my energy is low help me Debbie because I don't know where it is I mean I know I shouldn't eat french fries and pizza I mean that's the that's the that's the easy part how how do you what do you do then do you do some kind of assessment do you do some kind of test to see where are the gaps yeah a little bit of all that you know it's one is n equals one everyone's individual so mm -hmm. it's a lot of it is meeting the client where they're at you know, there's not one size fits all approach. There is a general foundation to start and mm. then figure out what that client needs from me, what we need to do to get them reaching their goals and baby steps. Like I had a client that just said she needs to crawl before she can walk before she can mm. run. So we had to a little bit at a time to make those changes where I like the saying is, you know, base hits to create a home run rather than always trying to get a home run. So setting up an action plan. But I always start with people as FDM practitioner, we start with functional lab testing, mm -hmm. you know, get some labs ordered right away that would give us some clues. So we, we're really being a health investigator to identify those hidden internal sources of chronic stress, which impact hidden stands for hormone imbalance, immune function, digestion, detoxification, energy systems, and your nervous system. And so we need to look at all those hidden internal sources of stressors that you don't know about mm -hmm. exist unless you do lab testing. Like I just did organic acids test last year, found out I had severe mold toxicity okay. and no one ever tested that on me for years. So I just did these hormone tests and GI, but so that's why you have to do like three main labs to really get insights of what's going on inside Okay. and working on that. So then nutritional therapy assessment, I do some like metabolic typing quiz and some other things and, mm -hmm. and then start looking at their data. I like aura ring for people and NutriScience, a continuous glucose monitor or keto mojo, you know, getting some data to see what's going on and looking at their lifestyle habits and figure out, you know, where do we need to start? You know, what's the priority based on all these clues we've collected. And in terms of nutrition, it's always keto, if I'm correct. No, no. N equals okay. one. Oh. It's the goal is to burn fat, but some people can tolerate more carbohydrates than others. So there's slow and fast oxidators. Some people, you know, go through carbs and they're hungry right away. It's finding the right macronutrient okay. balance. So they're eating low carb, but most people need to cut back on the carbohydrates, but what amount of protein and fat do you need with your vegetables mm. and your carbohydrates, non-starchy carbs, get rid of the refined sugars, yeah, and of course. the vegetable oils. It's, I call it the real food diet. I don't like labeling keto, carnivore, Mediterranean, paleo. Mm. It's just eat real food. And it, ideally it's, you know, most people, everyone's going to be lower carbohydrate, but what lowness that is, yeah. is going to vary per person. And at their athletic ability and their genetics, like I look at DNA fit or some other genetic reports. And intermittent fasting? Yes, it's big. 
Yeah, so, and then some people need to start like a 12-hour overnight intermittent fast and build up to 16 hours. But, you know, looking at females, I've just did an amazing, amazing podcast with Dr. Mindy Pelez about women and fasting and how we need to fast, time or fast with our menstrual cycle because mm-hmm. women are not small men, as Dr. Stacey Sims says. And so really looking at new research and how women... You know, too much fasting isn't good either. So again, it's a Goldilocks effect. More is not better. Too little is mm-hmm. too deficiencies and finding the right amount for each person. And part of that is fasting for women that, you know, not doing these, you know, 72 hour fasts every month and fasting too much. And what is that too much for somebody? That's the individual part. Mm-hmm. But, but I also assume you're going to look again to the driver why you are doing it why you are yeah. fasting i mean i i do intermittent fasting 16 8 and i like it yeah. i mean a lot of people call me crazy because I, I find it now quite easy to be honest i only eat at noon it and should I, be. it i think it for me it's easy i only drink water so only between 12 at noon and then uh, i stop at eight so uh, i eat even before that and i'm so used to that mm-hmm. and of course i admit eh, in, in a weekend i i um Sometimes I, I take a day that I say, okay, now I'm not going to, uh, for social activities. I'm not, now I'm not going to stick to the rules, yep. but during the week always. And it's, yep. I find it very Sustainable. easy. Yeah. Sustainability is the key word to me. It's like, this isn't a diet. This is how we're meant to eat. This is how we're supposed to digest your food in a yep. certain window, you know, not be eating three meals a day, three snacks a day mm-hmm. that you're always breaking down that food. And mm-hmm giving your body that time to detox and I call it the internal housekeeping to come give you service while you're sleeping. But if you're eating right before bed, the housekeeping service isn't going to arrive. So it's, it's having this way of eating. And if you eat the right foods for your body, you're not even hungry. Then, you know, you're eating the right ratio of macronutrients. If you're full and satisfied and don't have those cravings right then you mm-hmm. don't like oh i fasted i didn't even try to fast that's when i know we have success mm. it's not intentional and also when i crave then i'm going to ask myself why is there some kind of stress is there something that i want to eat away and just the fact having that consciousness is already a first step mm-hmm but- yeah there's i love uh metabolic typing diet we have a checklist where it says like to track how you feel when you eat, you know, if, if this is the right ratio of macros, your carb, protein, fat, this is how you should feel. And you should feel that energy, fullness, satiety, wow. or if you're eating and you feel bloated, gassy, hungry, you know, all that. But it's also like you're saying before that is why am I choosing this food? But it, if you know, if you pay attention, most people don't even pay attention to how that food makes them feel. Yeah. And if you could learn how to correlate, oh, that cookie, I get a headache or I'm going to be having gas mm. or I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight if I eat that. If people start self-love, you know, self-care mm-hmm. and making those choices because you're paying attention, how does that food make me feel? Well, how do, why am I eating that? And then figuring out, work backwards, peeling that layer of onion apart. But also I uh, did for 90 days, so more than three months, um, some kind of program where I also removed like carrots, so really sugary vegetables. So so no root um, vegetables were allowed, only green. Above the ground, it's yeah. not eating the below the ground, it's yeah. just eating above the ground. And um, the thing is that uh, 
after that, I tried French fries and potatoes, chocolate, all those things. It the, my taste was completely changed. Yeah. Because yeah, you took them out. Yeah, and that's uh, like like to tomato ketchup for me is too sugary. It's too sweet. It's uh, like for a lot of people, the, these green vegetables are, are like boring taste, but it is not because uh, it's it's really because we are, I wouldn't say spoiled, but we are so conditioned to what we think sound, uh, smells good. And I, I don't think we even take the time to, to, yeah, to, 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 to taste what it really tastes. Yeah. And, uh, and, well, we, and we think it tastes good, but in fact, uh, like like potato, it it doesn't it have it doesn't have any taste because it's 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 salted or whatever with it. So uh, it's it's a very strange effect. Even with with alcohol, I cannot tolerate any alcohol anymore. I don't I don't. Ugh. Not for me. No, that's very strange. Not even a good beers and Belgian beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I don't drink any Belgian beers. No, no. I think a lot of that, what I find with people is working on being mindful when you're mm -hmm. eating and drinking versus mindlessly. And I think a lot of times people don't correlate that feeling because they're mm -hmm. not paying attention. They're just no. eating it. Well, what I was just writing a blog about being multitasking. And so you disconnect no. from everything and you're not connected to how that food tastes versus sitting. And I was a good example of being in Europe to my clients in the U.S. It's like, okay, pretend you're in Italy eating lunch, you sit there for two hours, you're chewing your food, you slow down, you taste each bite and you taste the different flavors in the food versus the fast pace we're in here. Yeah. Everyone's just eating, 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 get it through it and get back to work or get back to what you're doing instead of enjoying that process. And then I think you really realize the leptin and the ghrelin hormones actually work because you're like, oh, I'm that, eating and tasting my food. That's the big difference when I'm in the US for work, That when I can, um, is that <laughs> when you're having dinner or something or lunch, you order it and immediately it's there. Whereas in, in Europe, you order it and it, it, it takes some time. It, it's the, the, the eating is just a side effect. It's Of course, it's important, eh? but it's that journey, it's that dance with all the person that you're having a conversation with. So you take your time. So it's not the intention to get out of the, the building within 20 minutes or in the US. You're like, <laughs> it's over. We've eaten. Bye-bye. So that's a complete different culture. Yeah. I mean, we get the bill right away. You know, you order and your food comes because it's not made scratch. You no. know, I don't like going to chain restaurants for that because I want to know, are you making my food mm -hmm. from my order, not just picking it out of the back kitchen, pre-made stuff in the morning. So it's making things fresh and... You know, you have to, in Europe, we laugh that we have to ask for our bill or else we'll be sitting there for hours because it's rude, I think, for them to come bring well, your check until you ask for it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I think it's a little bit black and white, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, um, in terms of, of clients, you also have European clients. Yeah, well, I could coach people anywhere. So yeah. I've, you know, consulted people to different places and like random Dubai or Australia yeah. or okay. UK. Now, I mean, of course, there are some perceptions about Europeans and of course, Europe, it doesn't exist because you have Belgium, Spain, Spain, the Netherlands, Italy, they're all separate countries and separate cultures, yes. um, just like in the US. Now, um, in terms of culture, I mean, are there any specific um, things that you see coming back, for instance, from Europe uh, uh, compared to 
to the US, for instance, I mean, because there is a, there is a, a different eating culture in Europe. Of course, there is also things like McDonald's and and things like that. Um, but I I still think there is a there is a difference. Do you see that also in your clients? What they're asking for? Uh, well, I I find it personally, and that's why we love going to Europe and traveling different countries because it is so different pace mm -hmm. and you know appreciation for real food mm -hmm. and slowing down <laughs> they're not rushing non-stop and yeah. just being on the go all the time yeah, yeah but, but when, I, when, I think... when they when they come to you and they say when somebody from europe comes to you say debbie i want you yeah. to coach me what are going to what is their driver is their driver okay i want to have more energy because i'm too fat i eat too much sugar Com compared to your clients in the us where there are more i want to build more muscle strength what was the difference mm -hmm. there on a the culture yeah. level well, it depends. I mean, I have two different areas that helping people with mm -hmm. endurance, coaching endurance athletes who want to figure out how to train for performance. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm focusing on just only doing it as a comprehensive package because mm -hmm. I can't train athletes without training them on the nutrition and their sleep and their digestion and all of it. So I'm only now just currently this year started just doing, okay, I'm just doing this one thing. There's mm -hmm. three different packages because I feel like is I can't really train someone properly as a good coach knowing without knowing, are you sleeping and getting your deep mm -hmm. sleep? Are you getting recovery? How's your HRV? So I think a lot of, I can't really answer that question because I haven't had an opportunity yet to coach people in different countries around the world yet okay. on the lab testing. But I think ah, okay. lifestyle was people for triathlons or running or just want to get healthy. They, they're all the same with the exercise part of it, you know, mm -hmm. looking at how their training is just, okay, let's get heart rate monitor. Let's work on doing lower heart rate and then adding the hit training when appropriate and doing strength training, but the lab testing part and the holistic approach of working on digestion and gut health. That'd be interesting to see kind of how different countries around the world can do that. And it'd be, you know, fun. To no. see which country actually slows down the most and eats their food properly without the American influence of fast food restaurants and the fast-paced life and not focusing when they eat a meal with their family anymore. Yeah, well, I think it's, 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 it, it, there, is, there is, of course, there is an, an impact on that culture in Europe. Um, no. Now, if you would look back on your life, and you would meet the Debbie when she's 16 or 18 years young, what would you advise her? What would I advise her? Mm -hmm. I think is, I would also just say not to, you know, strive for perfection, but make sure you're okay with, you know, having those breaks in between things. You don't have to be six define success as filling your day up and do so much that it's okay to, not do something all hours of the day and when as an athlete i think is not to have the need to race year mm -hmm. after year it's okay to alternate and then find joy in other activities as traveling and just going for a bike ride because you love to go for a bike ride not because it has a race attached mm -hmm. to it so you know training for joy but then alternate adding every year race uh, when you're on, when you're off. And I think it's, it's learning that appreciation for what sports you love and not have that defined as that competitive edge that you're just doing mm -hmm. it to finish across the finish line. 
And uh, what is then your new 2021 definition for success? And, you know, it goes back to that quality of life, like mm -hmm. what I can do to thrive and improve my energy and mm -hmm. be the best version of myself, especially as I change, leave my 40s and go into the next age group this fall is how I can be the best version of myself and live my best life. The second half of my life is my goal right now. It's like, what can I do to be the healthiest version of myself from the inside and out? And so we went back in time. If we now go forward in time within 10 years, who is Debbie? Debbie's a happy person <laughs> and she's laughing and playing and having fun just traveling and, you know, exploring and doing different activities, like stuff I can't find time to do now. Like here, I'd love to learn how to do beach volleyball and okay. stand up paddleboard and pickleball and do all these fun activities with people. I think doing that and surrounding myself with stuff that makes you laugh and have fun. And I think, you know, that joy and laughter part is so essential. I think as a competitive athlete for so many years, we get so serious mm -hmm. and so uptight and anxious. So now I'm just kind of going to the opposite side. It's like be a little more loose and not be so rigid and, and know how to have more playtime. I mean, I can imagine that you, um, as you have lived uh, quite a few uh, years in a, a very competitive environment, uh, you also have, I assume, lots of sportive friends who are also uh, performing high-performance sports. Did that new way of looking at yourself and to the world impact your environment? So maybe you lost some friends and like, Debbie, uh, I like to perform and like the race. I like the competitive edge. Yeah. I mean... Uh, why don't why why now so loose did that have an impact on your environment well i think part of it i mean i stopped training for racing for iron man so i lost connection unless i went to iron man hawaii every year to network and see people but i lost that connection because mm -hmm. i wasn't racing and i wasn't an iron man mm -hmm. athlete and then it helped that a lot of the people i was racing for originally are older than i am and they're all kind of retired athletes as well because they're all in their 70s now but i find that you know you create new friends and as you meet different people that are maybe used to race they're a little bit more you know they love doing the sport and mm. they they love being active and being out, outdoors and playing and laughing as well and i've, I've found new friends that way you know we just moved here so i don't really know that many people mm -hmm. that people i have met are quality friends you really learn that i think the past year with the pandemic who are your real friends no matter where you live in the world if i moved or not who stayed connected who reached out to see how mm -hmm. debbie and neil are doing and you know who are your true friends especially as a business owner people that your clients for years you think i've learned that your clients can always be your friends and you really have a line you have to divide when you have like business clients and friends and you don't cross that line and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you know learning who makes you smile and isn't toxic energy robber <laughs> and okay. surrounding those people that have positive energy positive vibes is really what i've found i'd rather have one or two friends rather than 10 friends that aren't really true friends that yeah. aren't making you happy right I mean, that's what it's all about, I would think, is thriving every day and having that vitality, happiness, joy, gratitude. 
Now, um, okay, you you mentioned already traveling. You heard, you mentioned also the word Europe a lot. Uh, is uh, moving over to Europe uh, a possibility for you too? <laughs> My husband always wants to live in Italy for half yeah. a year. I, we have thought about living in like in London, so you can go weekend long weekend trips to every country and just rotate. But mm -hmm. that's once we retire, that's kind of the game plan is to be able to live somewhere in Europe half the year and then get, live in Arizona somewhere here that's not as expensive as California and be able to travel the world. Plus, I want to go to Thailand and other countries as well and down Australia. New You've Zealand. been to Thailand? No, I want this on my bucket list someday to go it's, that uh, it's region. It's beautiful. I've been there. The thing, the thing with Thailand is that a lot of people think uh, that Thailand is like Bangkok, but it isn't. I mean, Thailand is a lot of countries in one country, and uh, you can find the cliches, yeah? but mm -hmm. there is the nature is beautiful, and the people are so are, are so kind, and and it's very safe, by the way. It's uh, it's yeah, quality of life. I find there, like, travel is 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 great. Um, and it's it's uh, if I yeah I want to do it again, it's it's one of the best trips ever. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's just traveling, you know, air f that long a flight, you know, to mm -hmm. even you know going to I've been to Singapore and that was a really long flight, mm -hmm. and you know going to Australia, New Zealand, or Thailand, anywhere down there, you want to be able to go for a few weeks. But I yeah. just we just think it's important to travel the world, and you really have an open mind. I think people there are in this bubble in the U.S. that never are able to travel, you know, and we found it affordable. It's from here to going to Hawaii, where a lot of people go mm -hmm. to, it's actually more expensive okay. <laughs> to go to Hawaii than it is to travel to Europe. And we use airline miles, we do Airbnb, and then we, you know, eat one meal, you get coffee, and you're just active. And it's, it's great to be able to do that. And I think it I think everyone should travel in other countries. It's just really something we should be able to do. And what is what is a lesson or an insight that you had by traveling that you did not have because you lived in the U.S. all your life? Uh, well, originally from Canada. But Canada. I... Oh, that's a big difference. <laughs> well, I moved when Ooh. I was 13 years old, so Ooh. I've lived pretty much in the U.S. since Seattle. Yeah, but there is but, a big, there's a big difference in times of mentality between Canada and US. It's like, like calling, but I mean, Canada is <laughs> quite, Canada and, and the types of uh, culture is quite similar to Belgium because they speak lots of languages. Yeah. So it's a, it's a. I've been to uh, Toronto, uh, I think, two years ago. It's a, yeah. It's I think it's a, a big difference. I, I, Melting pot. Yeah. You call it. No. Yeah, it's um, Vancouver, Canada is where I was originally from, and Seattle's just three-hour drive mm -hmm. to Vancouver from Seattle Bellevue, where I was. And my uncle, they still live in Vancouver, and it's relatives in parts of Canada, but it is very different. You know, in Vancouver, Canada as well, it's very much a melting pot, all different countries. So I think that's, I always find more interesting that, you know, you get people from all over the world, like if you're in New York or London, even when I was there, I, I was so excited to go to London and hear people speak British accent. And then everyone was from a different country. Like, mm -hmm. hey, where's all the Brits? <laughs> There's just so many different countries. So it's fun to be around and connect with the people around the world. And I love the different cultures. We, my husband loves food and trying everything. And mm -hmm. we just love the different buildings and the history and just the activity. You know, you just get up and walk everywhere. So it's just something we love to do. And and in in terms of the the lesson there insights you 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 you, oh, my you lesson, could, your question, I, 
I don't know lessons. I think I may I don't know maybe because you traveled. Uh, I for me the the lesson is that um, you think that uh, we're all different in terms of language and culture and and conditioning. But I really also think that deep, deep inside, we're all the same. And we all want the same. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I, that was a lesson learned in, in COVID. It was a, we were all in this together, people would say, but that's the whole world. We're all dealing with it. We're all seeing people struggling with the same things, you know, fighting the same things and striving for the similar things. And I think that was a big lesson. And I think traveling, you really realize I, I might not be able to understand you, but, you know, we're just, you could put that into any place, city, mm -hmm. city, and it'd be the same. So it just unites the world together that everyone's similar, just different languages and different culture, customs, and foods, but generally we're the same human beings. And uh, besides of the traveling, what is for you a crazy, but a crazy, crazy, crazy dream? <laughs> crazy dream, well, I, I think is to, you know, for me as a new business coaching, focusing on this holistic method coaching, and I'm, I'm doing some coaching for Ben Greenfield. And I just hope to, you know, work with other practitioners, to help get people healthy is mm -hmm. my goal, you know, to get people create awareness of health, what that means and how we need to work on this holistic method, you know, work on movement throughout the day and getting outside mm -hmm. and watching the sunrise and the sunset and just educating people that, even if you're eating healthy, as you, you know, doing all those right things that you hear about, read about, exercise, nutrition isn't all. That chronic stress will impact the whole you, and that includes your immune system and, you know, lowering your defense system so you can get all these weird different pathogens and fungus, mold toxicity and yeast overgrowth and all this stuff once you let your guard down because you're breaking yourself down with that chronic stress. I think that's kind of my mission is to you know really get that around the world that to really strive to be healthy on the inside and out being fit and healthy like under the hood are you yeah. healthy because so many people exercise and don't look at all the other stuff is yeah. just as important yeah. yeah you can really feel the the mission the purpose energy there debbie <laughs> well that's good I've, i feel like it's needed especially this past year and just the whole you know lockdown and not anyone hearing the truth of that's part of the solution, but people need to self-love, self-care, take ownership of their health to get healthy. And that doesn't happen when you're just hiding behind a mask. You have to actually do the, yeah, and, the and work and the, the lifestyle habits and nutrition. And also a lot of people like to fix it with some kind of external thing like a pill or uh, whatever. Yeah, not a band-aid, you know, it, it yeah. takes work. It takes work to take care of yourself, and it's all choices we make, right? It's if I get out of bed in the morning, if I brush my teeth, what food you're going to eat. If you're going to eat, you know, the the crappy processed food you can pick up, or mm -hmm. you're going to make a meal from scratch. I mean, it's the choices we make, and I think we just get kind of lose that ability, or get lazy, or just forget about what it means to feel good and pay attention to that. Is there is there something that we forgot in our conversation, Debbie? Oh, I don't know. We covered a lot. I, I just, I think part of it is testing and not guessing if you're healthy. Like I just, mm -hmm. you know, I spent years trying to get healthy, but I, no one tested that I had mold toxicity. So I like, okay, eight years ago, if I got that lab included in my 
collection of functional abs I had, would I feel even better now? You know, I think we settle for how we feel, we blame the aging process, and we don't always strive to investigate what's actually going on under the hood. And our doctor's labs don't cover a lot of that stuff. So you mm -hmm. have to invest in money on labs because they're usually not covered by insurance, sadly. But you know, they provide these clues, these additional insights that we don't even know about that I could have improved my health and not have mitochondria damage because I was living with mold. So, mm -hmm. you know, test to not guess, I would say. Yeah, there's, there's still things you're talking about here in Europe, at least, that I, it's not something that we are aware of. Yeah, you're going to test for things that are in your blood, uh, blood which are the typical things. Um, but not those things that you just mentioned. So, um, and they're quick and easy. It's a urine test. It's organic acids test. You can see, you know, if they have it in your country mm -hmm. and a stool test It's you know, one or three day stool tests that you get and you mm -hmm. ship back to the lab. So mm -hmm. it's nothing you need to go to a doctor for. Okay. You can order a lot of these things through a practitioner in your area, you know, find an FDN practitioner, which means functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner or a functional doctor in your area, but you can order them possibly online, direct labs, there's different ones you can do, but for sure a stool and a urine test is easy and a Dutch hormone test can give you a full panel, mm. food sensitivity test and a comprehensive blood chemistry test. Obviously mm. I require blood, but you know, so peeing and pooping at home, you do all the time. <laughs> it's easy to measure and, you know, give a sample back to the lab and then you get lab results, get just given online to yeah. practitioners so it's easy to do okay cool debbie i want to thank you for your enthusiasm your energy and your passion it's so <laughs> it's it, it feels so great to see you on fire and spreading your love mission i'm going to call it like that <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like that it's love for life eh? it's not about yeah uh, that's true it's it's, it's really that. about love for life video. instead of surviving I'm going to put yeah. all the details where people can find you in the comments. I wish you all the best, lots of luck. And when you are in Europe, you're always welcome in Belgium, in the beauty most beautiful, the most beautiful city of Belgium, Ghent. Yeah, hopefully next year. We're supposed to go to Spain this September, but who knows what oh. will happen. But yeah, Belgium is on our list, so and, uh, let me know. Yeah, sure. And uh, what part of Spain? This time we're supposed to go like northern spain we're going to barcelona and then oh. we're going i forget where San, i'm not in charge San Sebastian or something yeah barcelona is a, yeah it's beautiful somewhere it's beautiful. up north and then we're going normandy like Bar or not normandy ah, okay france. Uh, france yeah we're going bike riding and traveling around so cool yeah so debbie i wish you a great sunny afternoon because here huh. yeah it's already evening and uh all the best i wish you and thanks a lot Thank you for having me. It was fun to chat and dive in deep and some what's your why? What's your purpose? What's your mission? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that kind of <laughs> stuff. Take care and see you soon in Belgium Thank or in you. Spain. Bye-bye. Eh? All right. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Peter here. Thanks a lot for listening to What's on Your Mind. Looking forward to your opinions and comments. And don't forget to subscribe on psgrow.com and leave your email address to stay tuned for future episodes. Bye.